Hi, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barra Carlin, and with me today, I'm absolutely delighted to have Annie McGurk on to chat to me about his brand new band, A Lethal Black Goose, where he's joined with the exceptional music talents of Jamie Highland, who you may know from their work with Mail, as well as um, Being Jamie and Holding Hands with Jamie by Gilla Band. In this band, she'll be playing on bass and adding her exceptional production skills as well to the mix. And also in the band is Ian Faulkner on drums, who you may know from the work with Tao and the Drones of Praise, as well as as their live work with bands such as Gurriers and the Merry Wallopers and Annie himself was formerly a spy so it's a pretty stacked lineup as it is already so yeah we'll be chatting about the band's debut single I Like to Feel Alright which released on the 23rd of March um, alongside an accompanying music video directed by Gar Cleary and starring Owen Duffy and we'll be chatting about that as well it's a fantastic music video by the way it complements the song so so well and speaking of the song can I say it is just such a banger uh, you'll hear me say it to Annie during the episode that I cannot wait for it to be released just so I can start showing it to people it's so good um, so we'll be chatting about that in length obviously chatting to Andy about how he started the band from a COVID project and how it became what it is and how the band cultivated the sound they have into this noisy garage sound that is just so awesome I really do love I love this sound I love this band it was fantastic chatting to Andy as well it was so interesting I think as soon as you walk through my front door we just did not stop talking um, I love recording this episode I'm going to stop talking to myself actually and get on with it here's the theme music by Zach Stevenson hope you enjoyed the episode So, okay, everybody, we are for episode number 35 of the Who Art Thou podcast. I have Andy of A Lethal Black Goose with me today. Thank you very much for coming on, Andy. How are you getting on? Great. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So I think we'll go straight into it. It was like, uh, how did the band start? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I originally had uh, I originally had this idea myself and my wife were going to move to Australia. Oh, right, okay. Um, and I was... Yeah, it was like a loose idea at the time, but it you know, kind of didn't end up happening. And then the pandemic kind of locked everything down. But uh, I was going to like get to know Perth, which was where we were going to move to. Uh, I was going to get to know my new city through its music scene. So I had this like loose idea that I would write all these songs and like gig around Perth or whatever. Mm. But uh, when when the pandemic finally like happened and like lockdown happened and like Australia like closed its really, borders. Like really closed off. Absolutely yeah. no way that was happening. And I found myself just kind of sitting in the living room of my apartment sort of just with nothing to do because we'd all just been sent home from work mm. and was like, okay, I guess I'll just start writing songs. <laughs> <laughs> so I had like, I didn't have a name or anything. I also had like recently broken my hand so I couldn't even play the guitar. Oh shit! Uh, at the time, yeah, I, I, uh, I was, was stupid. It a, fu- is it a was, fun story, or it, I was stupid. <laughs> I just, I had these notions. I got like, I went through like a weird phase of like trying loads of new things, and like one of them was I joined a rugby team. Oh right, for like a month, <laughs> for like a month before you joined. I, a, wait, wait. I, yeah, no, I, I joined a rugby team for like. Normally, that's something something somebody does at like fourteen years of age. It was, it was so yeah. It was really it was really really stupid idea, but on. <laughs> I uh, I didn't I don't know how to I'm play sorry. I don't know how to play rugby either I don't know how to play so they put me in like winger and I played one match and broke <laughs> broke my broke my hand and didn't just break my hand like it went down to like my knuckle oh no 
<laughs> so no. at some point, I don't even know when it happened. I don't even know when it happened exactly. I just, uh, I just noticed like in the second half of the match that like. Oh, you carried thing, on with it. Because I didn't know. It wasn't like a big moment. It was like uh, my hand is swollen. Uh, and anyway, so I went, got the x-ray and it was busted down to nuts. So I needed surgery and everything. So I had this cast on my, I had this cast on my hand. And that night uh, in February then, I think in like 2020, spies were playing their final show. Mm. So I used I used to uh, be, I was the first bassist in spies before Hugh Dwyer took over. And they were, I was really, really set on, I'd been invited by them to come on and play a song with them because mm. it was like one of one of the earlier songs. That yeah, we were because we were going for like 10 years, wasn't it? Or something? It was the 10 year show. It was something like, yeah, it was yeah. the 10 year also goodbye yeah, show. Goodbye I'm actually show, not yeah. sure if it was exactly 10 years. I, I'll leave that to the lads to <laughs> kind of confirm that. Mm. But, but yeah, it, it had been going a decade at that point and they were kind of calling it. Uh, and... So I had this broken hand and I didn't know actually at the time I, the x-ray came the morning after. So I, but I knew something was wrong. So mm. I like took a couple of paracetamol and like <laughs> went on stage and played with this. So there, there's a video somewhere of me with this makeshift cast around my hand. <laughs> it, no, it, like I thought I, I thought it was really funny until uh, like I kind of, uh, so I told the radiologist when, uh, and she didn't like she didn't ha- I thought it would be funny yeah, I was I, like oh I, I would, was I would assume it would be funny as well I thought it would be funny and <laughs> no 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 but she like turned to me and was like very like don't do that again <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so it was yeah uh, so that was like interesting but I was really really bored and so I had this broken right hand and like nothing to do so I started writing these songs so I had the guitar and I was like kind of just playing with the guitar and started like yeah so that's kind of how it started. That's like super, super early. Um, and then like as time went on, I kind of started like coming up with like names and things like mm. that. It was really just a way to kill time uh, when I had nothing else to just do. Just a COVID pa- passerby thing, was it? Absolutely. Yeah. Like like I said, I was I, I had it kind of loaded, the idea loaded for moving to Australia. But when that didn't happen, I was just like, fuck it, let's, let's do it. And yeah, so that's kind of how it started. Uh where but, does the name come from? Because I, like, as I said to you before we started recording, like when I saw the name for the first time, I was like, that is one of the coolest band names <laughs> I have ever seen. <laughs> so this is also a weird, like multi-tiered story. Um, so originally that song, A Lethal Black Ooze was a song title for, I don't know if you remember I mentioned when we were coming up the stairs that I used to play in like a post-rock instrumental no, yeah, yeah. band. Uh, so that band was called We Arrive Alive. And um, they released on one of their EPs, a song called A Lethal Black Ooze. Oh, and okay. It, it, yeah, so that I was, um, I was kind of sitting down and the only thing I knew was that I kind of wanted a colour in the name because I just felt like it was quite like visual or mm. whatever. I could kind of have a lot of fun with that and could kind of see maybe what I might do for like covers down the line or like artwork and stuff. Because I'm not an artist, so like any artwork I do is going to be pretty straightforward. So if I had a color that I could latch onto, at least I could use that as like a basis for, mm. for things. And, uh, I just, yeah, I spent some time thinking about, it. I can't remember any of the other names I came up with, but I like tried on a couple of different names for a while. And then I just sort of remembered, I was like, Hey, there's that song name from we arrive alive from years ago. I was like, a lethal black is, I was like, do you know what? Like, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna take that and use it. So that's, yeah, that's kind of how that happens. And then, 
and the song name actually comes originally from uh, We Arrive Alive. The song name actually is uh, a reference to playing Pokemon Red on the what? old Game Boy Boys. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, they were black and white. Yeah, you know, I remember, I remember them. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I was like in as a kid playing it. I think I got mine when I was like seven. And when like muck you know the yeah, Pokemon yeah, yeah. muck comes up but the, little, on, the little sludge he's actually purple for the record but <laughs> uh, on the old black and white Game Boys he was black so I remember and I named him like Lethal Ooze or something oh really yeah 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 oh, that, so that was so you can see that there's like yeah so <laughs> it, it goes way way back but Muck but was yeah, the that, one who was like literally slime, wasn't it? It was, was like, yeah, it was just a, yeah, it was just a blob of tar, suit, basically, like animated yeah. sewage or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that that's actually like where the name comes from and stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. So like, um, but other than that, I guess I just kind of worked off it. I think the I think the name sort of matched what I was going for. Like, I knew I wanted to do like low fidelity kind of sounding stuff. So like mm. really, really dirty recordings. And I kind of felt like the name sort of matched that visual as well. Mm. Uh, like just thinking here, I remember because another thing that sort of just happened around the lockdown was I began listening to like records that were just a couple of guys in like a garage with, to, yeah, yeah. with whatever really really crappy mic and that <laughs> you know what I mean like and the songs they to me they sounded amazing and I've always been really interested in live videos and stuff like I've always always been interested in like how does a band like sound when they're live oh, or, like yeah, live yeah, yeah. sessions and stuff and you know there's always that extra edge that comes with listening to things live so that was something I wanted to just do as like a standard everything it's just going to be like low fidelity, get mm. everyone get into a room with like a couple of mics, no <laughs> click track and just bash it out a number of times until it sounds good. Like, so that's, that's kind of what, and I just felt the name tied, tied that in, you know. Well, I think you accomplished that. Like, but, uh, cause you were saying about like the, 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 the aesthetic of it. We're obviously here to talk about the new single that's coming out. I have played this song so many times. You have no <laughs> idea. Like I'm literally like, it's gotten to the point that I'm annoyed that it's not out yet. I'm <laughs> just like, why? Just give it to me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I like to feel all right. Like what, what came around? Uh, how did that song come about? So it's such a good song. I can't stop saying it's such a good song. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Remember the first time hearing it, it was like even in the even in even this morning when I was having a shower, which I know is the music video. I was just going, "I like to feel." Oh right. yeah, yeah, yeah. You've seen the music video as well, of course. <laughs> we'll talk about that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So we were okay. So later down the line, I uh sort of realized it was going to be like a three piece band sort of sort of setup. Um. So I was jamming with Jamie Highland and Ian Faulkner and they were kind of helping me mm. sort of flesh out ideas. Jamie actually, I asked Jamie to kind of produce a lot of the stuff. So and she's been great to kind of have helping uh, drive that ship or whatever. It was actually her in one of the, we were just playing through some ideas and she kind of turned to me in one of the rehearsals and just said something along the lines of, do you know what this could do with actual like shouting? like screaming mm. and my immediate reaction was I don't have that in me yeah. I was like I don't have it in me there's no way I like super nervous really insecure about it or whatever because at that point I was basically just fixated on just singing yeah yeah actually I'm not even a singer so I wasn't even comfortable with singing but like then the idea of just shouting came along and 
and real shouting like it's like it's it's like oh god <laughs> yeah like it's real yeah it really goes there yeah it really um, does it's class but <laughs> jamie set me up so we're uh i go back from my like spies days we would have been really really close with girl bands mm. and harrow's and obviously harrow's is girl band before it was or sorry gilliband before it was gilliband and so we all shared like rehearsal spaces and stuff. So I we were always really, really good friends with Dara and Al and the guys growing up. And Jamie was like, well, who do we know that's like close to us that's doing this and is also like quite insecure or whatever. <laughs> so I was like, oh, no, like uh, Jamie was like, like, we should we should talk to Dara and see if he'll give you some vocal training uh, stuff. And I, I remember being super nervous about it because uh, it was just completely new. And yeah. Obviously, Dara's sort of the poster boy in Ireland for like that type of yeah. style. I remember of- seeing him do it the first time, like because I got like it's it's weird. I've like I'm a big metalhead, like I love heavy metal, and you see people growling so like all the time that you kind of get used to it. Just like oh, it's that. But to see someone actually shout is like it's Jesus. Different. It's 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 so intense. It's I was I've always vibe, said that yeah. for the there's only one band that I've ever walked out of. Um, at a show because it was too intense, which was Gilliband. I've, I, you I, walked out. I had a, I didn't walk out. I had a panic attack and had to leave, but then I came back just because of how intense the show was. It was a show in Vicar Street. I remember leaving and my, fr- I was at the door and my friend saw me and she goes, Barry, are you okay? I was just like, I just need to take a breather. Was that the, do you know, was that the live show, the, the live record that they did? Was that the one where they did the two nights on the Saturday? Yeah, the- it was that. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it was the, they're the only band I've ever had to go. I need to take a breather. It's uh, real. Was- it took me ages to, uh, get the sound actually it took me ages to understand what it was about it because i, I didn't come from like a real heavy like noise kind of yeah i didn't come from that at all like i came from pop punk when i was a teenager i didn't really have a lot like i had a guitar teacher who was a big mentor and my dad played johnny cash covers and paul brady and things like that oh right okay um but i didn't have really heavy like my guitar teacher was into like led zeppelin i didn't have like really heavy Influences. Influences at all. So it was completely new to me. Um, whenever uh, Gilliband started doing their thing mm. and it took me ages to come around to it. I it, Seeing them live then, I think I saw them live a couple of years after they sort of got big. What was this thing? A Body and Soul one year, mm. years ago. And I was just blown away by it. I then I was like, "Holy shit, this is actually what it's about!" Like, yeah. And, it, and from then, I just kind of started drinking them in or whatever. But, but it, I remember uh, even like when I when I heard them for the first time, I was in NCD at the time, I was in college, and our lecturer came in and he was like, "We were doing a lecture on um, postmodernism and art," and uh, he just comes in and he's like, "Okay, we we're gonna we were gonna talk about paintings, but holding hands with Jamie just came out, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about that album." And he was like, "This lad from Northern Ireland." I was like, "Wait, what? What's, what are you talking about?" He's like, "He's like a uh, girl band at the time." He was like, "We're gonna talk about this. We're gonna watch the video for Paul, which we yeah. did, and then we're gonna talk about it." And I was just like, "What the fuck is this lecture?" And then it, I, I still was like, "I don't really know what to make of this because it's so different and stre- it's so like it's a really it was new completely. Like there was not a band that sounded like them." And then I saw again, I, just like yourself, saw it live, and I was like, "Fuck!" But then for some reason. It wasn't the first, the first time I saw them live, I was like, oh yeah, I was oh, like the third time I'd seen them live was when I had to leave. I just had this weird over feeling of just like, oh fuck, I need to just get out. One of the things that blew my mind was like, uh, cause the crowd was mosh pitting like crazy. And, but when I looked at the stage, they weren't moving. And that was the th- for whatever bizarre reason, that was what in my head, I was like, what the fuck? Like they weren't moving at all. And the crowd was just doing 
their thing. Those was... Vicar Street gigs were insane. Packed, yeah, they were well, insane. <laughs> I, I remember there was a lot. So they've always been, they've always had a lot of excitement around them. Mm. But those Vicar Street gigs, there was something different about those nights. I don't know why. Because I think they played Vicar Street before. They must have done. I think they had, like, I think I actually have a ticket from them playing Vicar Street, like, years before. So, I, unless I'm wrong about that, but... There's something about those gigs because myself and my wife went and we were like just sitting down um, on the sidelines <laughs> because yeah, I couldn't handle it either. Yeah. But it was, but it was so, it was yeah, it's so intense. It's such an experience. Um, and you're right. Then you look up at them and they're relatively calm. Obviously, yeah, Dara, Dara's performing and Dara's doing that. Um, yeah, 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 that whole part of it, which is a is an actual workout. Like, oh Jesus, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're right then like the rest of them are like quite serene in the middle of it's that it's well, just yeah. a, the juxtaposition of it it's weird it's the same with like I saw Godflesh recently and it was the weirdest experience ever because Godflesh are so fucking heavy but they don't even light themselves up on stage you can't yeah. actually it's just two lads and a drum machine and it's so unbelievably heavy but they're not moving you can't see them it's just a, the, they have this projector above them just showcasing all these videos and I was like, this is one of the most intense shows I've ever seen. It's, yeah. But how, how so, sorry, how did you get into that style of music then? Because like, I like to feel all right is, is quite a heavy song, but it's like, it's a fun, fun, heavy kind of song. So if you think like, I think you can see. So yeah. So Jamie, Jamie, who is the holding hands with Jamie. Yeah. Jamie, yeah. yeah <laughs> is, uh, she suggested then that we reach out to Dara and get some vocal training mm. for exactly that thing. Now, we didn't know what that was going to sound like. Just Jamie had this loose idea that a bit of shouting would suit some of these ideas that we were doing. And then I didn't follow up on it because I was too nervous. <laughs> and then we had in the middle of the lockdown then, yeah, I, I was like, no, no, fuck that. I'm not, I, I can't, I couldn't bring myself to learn to sing, be a singer and also and then added a whole take off new, all my clothes in front of everybody. Yeah, have a whole new whole new different style of uh, completely of your- like it was a it was a complete uh yeah it was a complete like ripping out of my comfort zone. But so Jamie then little did I know Jamie had gone away and set this up then separately. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't even tell you. No, no. Well, I found out later when. So uh, <laughs> then during the lockdown, you know, when everybody was doing their friend calls on a Friday night yeah, yeah, with yeah. a beer and the headsets and all over. I remember we were playing Zoom po- or whatever. We were playing was. poker was our thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So everyone had their thing, you know. Um, I we the like my old music friends who like Gilliband included in this. We all had like a big group chat as well. It was really nice to go and hang out with. Uh, like with people and so Dara was on one of the calls and Dara was like Andy uh, I hear we're going to do some vocal training and I remember just <laughs> being like oh, shit, dude, yeah. I was like oh <laughs> I was like and you know I didn't I uh, at that point then because I knew it was sort of I'm really really bad at saying no so I kind of was just <laughs> like I was kind of just like it's not that I didn't want to I actually thought this was going to be a really cool thing I was just terrified I didn't have any confidence in myself to okay to be good at that and like as well if you consider like everybody on the Irish scene right now they like look to Gilliband as this like standard yeah. for that kind of thing Emma so, Fontaine's I think are the, the two main ones that people are looking at all the time yeah and the idea that if I was going to shout I would have to then also somehow be confident enough in it to put out that level of like 
that was terrifying because mm. <laughs> I didn't even know what the project really was at that point either. So yeah, it was, it, was it still like it very much in its infancy stages? Yeah, because the band was also a blues rock project <laughs> <laughs> before. <laughs> when I repeat some of this stuff, it's insane to hear how it's <laughs> progressed because. Yeah, so it you know I was still trying to be like blues rock, <laughs> which I, I think yeah. that went out the window. Yeah, went out, yeah, I went out. To, it went out the window pretty quickly. Um, but uh, <laughs> so Dara said it to me on the call, and I I remember just being like, "Oh yeah, great, cool, let's do it." Like that's great. And then during one of the breaks, we went into Yellow Door, um, Yellow Door Music Studios together, and just started hanging out, and he, we started doing like warm-ups and he was teaching me all this stuff and I'm completely untrained in this area. And actually, I don't think Dara's trained either. I think he's just knowledgeable. Uh, in, terms of, in terms of... In terms of, of like the, the types of warm-ups that he does for himself and mm. stuff. Uh, so it was like really, really interesting getting into it. Um, and then it was like a real confidence builder because he was like... He set up a playlist of examples of good shouting and stuff. I think I still have it as well. It's really cool. It had like... The Stooges Send that and to stuff. me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I would like that. I'll, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I, I'll, I have to find it. I haven't listened yeah. to it in ages. But that became, there was like 20 songs on it, if I remember correctly, of just songs that he thought was like good examples of shouting. And I guess maybe that he might have been like influenced by when he was sort of developing it himself. And it has like the Stooges, early Stooges and stuff on it. And there's loads of really good stuff. I'm not giving it uh I'm not giving it its fair dues at all, but <laughs> look at that. But one song in particular was um, by John Lennon. The, the, he has an album called The Plastic Ono Band. Okay. And there's a song on it called Well, Well, Well. Um, and this was like a big starter for me on the shouting thing. And uh, it was, I like messaged our immediately and I was like, hey, okay, I can actually understand what's happening here. And John Lennon basically sings this like, well, it's like a long song as well. And it just progressively gets more and more blood curdling until the end when he's just absolutely blowing his voice out. John and Lennon is. John Lennon. Like, yeah, yeah. And you hear him right at the end be like, fuck that, I'm done. Like, I can't, I can't keep going. Wow. Sh- shouts, his, shouts his head off. I like screaming, like you can almost like hear the blood vessels kind of like popping out of his neck and oh, stuff. Like, it's amazing. Like, you, you should listen to it. But it was perfect because it was just the same line repeated over and over mm. for seven minutes i was then like okay i'm nervous enough about this session and you know there's like a small need to kind of impress dara as a person that i kind of also look up to as a musician uh that i was like i better just start getting used to the feeling of shouting so on my own in my apartment <laughs> I, I would be copying listening to this song by john lennon and like copying it and mm. like trying to Vi- like trying yeah. to re like uh recreate the this blood curdling scream that he was doing and i remember kind of uh being shocked when when you let go of your like inhibitions and you just go for it <laughs> how it how much it kind of comes together like a lot of it is letting go of uh your own self like you're s- restraining yourself almost completely yeah. Yeah. like dara said it himself in in the first session i had with him he was like it's a really naked experience and like, that's just something you're going to have to like be okay with, you know, and uh, he, so those sessions were like really, really good. And I did, we had like a number of sessions and actually we always talk about doing more. I, because 
now that I've like done some work, we've always talked about doing more, but you know, he's he's often uh, kind of touring and things like that. Mm. And, you know, real life has sort of yeah. commenced again. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's been really really cool. Uh, sorry, I'm not really sure what the uh, original question was. Neither do I. I think, oh, it I was think about the song. I think it was just about the song come about. So I yeah. So yeah. So after getting after sort of getting into it the first song that came out of me shouting was I Like to Feel Alright and it was the first time with Jamie and Ian in the room I was like okay I'm going to shout in front of Jamie and Ian now so I'd now become comfortable with Dara very experienced with shouting (laughs) I'd now become comfortable with Dara hearing me shout because he was the only one and my wife God love her (laughs) like you know like uh yeah, I think she was she was always just very okay with it. Is the shouting thing is like I remember when I was like 16 or 17, like I really wanted to be in a metal band, like really wanted to be in a metal band. So I was practicing doing the like kind of yeah, thing. Growl, like, yeah, yeah, but I remember I was doing it in the kitchen and all I could hear was my neighbor laughing because the door was open so she could hear me practicing in the kitchen. I was like, "Fuck." Yeah. Yeah, your neighbors do give you yeah, weird yeah, looks yeah, yeah, like yeah. you neighbor- come out and just like, "What was that going on in the kitchen last night at 8 o'clock?" And I'm just like, know, "Oh, yeah." I know, I know like I think people do people do get worried yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, I definitely had a couple of strange looks um I got caught one time going down to the barber because I can get you carried away caught. I got caught <laughs> I was walking to the barber with my headphones on and I was like writing the song in my head and like mm. wasn't like kind of aware that I was physically acting oh right okay <laughs> and my barber who's having a cigarette out the front saw me come this is the guy that's about to cut my hair yeah. for the next half hour and he actually said to me in the middle of it he goes um you were doing a weird thing coming down the road <laughs> I yeah so it's, but uh so I like to feel all right um after I sort of had like was kind of pushing into the shouting thing mm. um I was like, all right, I'm going to show Jamie and Ian this now. And I was a little bit nervous about showing them as well, because I think they were anticipating it because they knew that this was all going on. Mm. But like now I had to like make the step to just do it. And I just fucking went for it in this session. (laughs) And it was, yeah, uh, that was, I think that was like the first, I have like a couple of old demos of that. And as time went on, it kind of got more and more refined. And, um, you know, there's like a lot of different stages of, shouting it's kind of yeah you know like your sort of medium shout high shout extra high shout. yeah because even the, the songs kind of pace like that as well like it slowly descends into more madness as it goes on yeah, yeah <laughs> and i think people have been telling me that just when you think it's not going to go bigger it goes up the yeah, extra yeah. stage then as well like so that was something that kind of i wrote i'm always i'm like writing the whole way up until i'm recording it so when jamie and ian and myself were recording it i think i was even still sitting in front of the mic not unlike we are now and just going more and more and more <laughs> you know so that yeah that's kind of how it came to be I actually didn't think anything of it until it was recorded and I was like hold on this You're is actually back. really cool yeah, yeah this is actually really working it was Jamie that said it myself and Ian I remember kind of thinking you know, like whatever but Jamie was like I really like this and um yeah little did I know that that was going to be like the first single that we're releasing so that's how that came to be anyway. Yeah, and has it, it has an accompanying music video, which I was, as I said earlier, how did that, how did that music video come about? Because I, I, obviously you sent me the press release, so I, was, I saw the, the yeah, yeah. working up in the night before, but just like, how did it all come together? Because it's a class music video. It actually, it, 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 when you see Owen, it's Owen Duffy, isn't it? It is, it's the actor yeah, that's in it. Yeah, yeah. When you see him doing all the stuff in his room, I was like, 
this is literally what I did during COVID when I wasn't doing anything. It's like it, it, it brought me straight back to that kind of mindset of just like, I'm literally fucking stuck in my room for two or three years of my life. He's a real genius, actually. I So I have only met him twice. Okay. Um, It's our, uh, our common connection is the director, Gar. Gar, um, yeah. So Gar was, we played our first gig supporting Melts um, last Great, October. Great band. Gar, yeah, I, I love Melts. I've been a fan band. of Melts for yeah, years. Very good band. Um, and Gar was at that gig. Okay. And, you know, I, I'd known Gar a number of years as well, but like I, I hadn't seen him in ages or whatever. It, it wasn't until, so he kind of caught the set and he just, he messaged me the day after and was just said, I'm, I'm really, really into it. Would you be up for music videos? And I, <laughs> would you yes. be up for doing a music video? I knew he was a talented, like, filmographer. I don't know anything about film. So okay. if there's anybody... <laughs> Anybody listening that like is into film, you're gonna just have to excuse <laughs> my lack of knowledge about anything to do with this stuff. <laughs> but part of that reason, I was really quite nervous about music videos because um, they are daunting. Because it's the same like if, there's nothing worse than uh, a song that you really like. I was actually it was actually it was only watching myself and my friend were watching the latest Enter Shikari music video last night and they're a band that I've always loved since I was a teenager but their new music video is shit and I was like <laughs> yeah. and I, like it's such and you're just like it wrecks the song weirdly enough so they are I, I would imagine as a creative like are yourself, they still good though <laughs> because I feel like a lot of bands from that time are and if they're still I going st- it's I still like, like Enter Shikari I'll, I'll stand by Enter Shikari on, yeah. and they're very uh-huh. very good live yeah, so yeah. I've seen them twice live. They're very good live. But uh, yeah, like it's it's a it's a it's an Enter Shikari song. But the music video is shit. And I was just like, I, I was like, I wish I didn't watch it because now I have it in my head every time I hear it the song. Ruins the song for it you. Really a, does, yeah. a bad video can destroy a song mm, for you. It really can. Yeah. So it must be like, daunting, like as fuck for but yourself. But that's the like, thing because I, you know, everything is still. I'm very much on like returning to the music scene, mm. and it's like this is also the first time that I'm kind of putting my name on something. In a sort of pseudo solo light, like I have really good people involved around me that definitely help, but like it's so it was really really daunting, and I I kind of thankfully Gar like sort of took me through it. I I said I was like Gar, like I love the idea of this, but like music videos are really scary because there's so much work that goes into them and you mm. don't really know if it works until it's for all like, done for like two minutes as well like the amount of stuff that goes into yeah. just to fill that two minute gap because yeah. it's not like it's, it's not like I always find with it's not like a normal film where you know you can shoot a scene that's three minutes long and you could just have it just as the one camera doing it or two, like, or multi angles but a music video has to be because of the way that they're structured it has to be these kind of multiple shots yeah. over and over and over again so the editing and everything goes into yeah. them I'd say they're an absolute mind fuck to, to, to figure out I think that yeah like I think that's the thing like you need to be immensely talented to uh, to do that and Gar like directed shot and edited it oh, so wow, he did okay. the whole thing from start to finish like he was coming up with storyboards and everything and sending them to me but this is before we'd even decided to do this song as it because uh, he was just he said he basically just kind of messaged me and was like I was just really into what I saw last night if you're up for doing a music video let's do it and I was like mm. Gar to be honest it, like I know at some point I'm going to have to deal with this but I'm actually really worried about music videos I don't know enough about them I can't actually contribute to the process properly because I don't know anything about them and it can ruin the song yeah uh, and I've seen that before and Gar was just real good at like kind of taking me through those concerns and being like right well you know, why don't we, I'll come up with like some storyboards and stuff like that. And why don't we like work through it? And if at the end you're not feeling it, it's like not that big a deal. So in a lot of ways, he took all the risk on his own shoulders. Mm. Um, And I was like, cool, this sounds fun. 
And still, you know, and then we decided on the song and we met up. It was actually only six weeks ago or seven weeks ago that we shot it. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really quick as well. How the hell did he edit it that quick? He's just, <laughs> I don't know, he's just a demon. Like, uh, he's just an absolute demon. And it's, it's so... Because there's a lot of shots in that music video. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's a lot. I, I, I'm not sure if there's like wizardry happening okay, that yeah. like <laughs> flips it back and forth. But he had the whole vision from start to finish. But it was also really cool because we met the night before like we did it all in a day wow that's but we did meet the evening before we had like we we were hanging out actually we just it was shot in Dunleary yeah I I actually I swear to God when I was watching oh you know I was like I know I was like I I know that street I knew exactly where it was yeah 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 yeah. so that's where Gar lives (laughs) for anybody that uh, (laughs) um, but uh yeah so we kind of just myself Owen and Gar just kind of hung out and sort of just fired ideas up against the wall for a while um and very much gar and owen like brought like a lot of expertise to the table like Mm. owen i remember owen uh saying at one point like you know what is my what is my character doing like he's a real actor Mm. he's not like just a guy going crazy like he had he was i could see and this is something that i don't know anything about either but it was so nice to witness the whole process because I was just basically watching this guy creating this character in his head, like getting his backstory and everything and like, you know, and Mm. kind of figuring out all the central themes of why he's doing this. And then, (laughs) and then at the end, just that little kicker with the like umbrella under the, Oh man, that, that (laughs) killed me when I saw it. I was like, that's so funny. Just that what he just goes out. I can't, is it Harry or something? He says something to the woman that walks by. I think he just says, how are you? Yeah. yeah. He's just like, how are you? (laughs) He's just like, Yeah. I know it's very funny. It's 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 very very funny. Um, I loved his little statement as well about the music video. He was like, "The director forced me against my will to go naked in the shower." <laughs> he loved it. <laughs> yeah, that was also the first like nude scene I was ever present for. <laughs> like, no fair play to me. Like, yeah. Was, yeah. yeah, real bum and all. <laughs> real bum. Yeah, parental advisory stuff but yeah so that's oh that's how that like music video kind of came to be but it was hey the whole process has been great so that was only seven weeks ago from now um that's such a short amount of time for that (laughs) blasted it out like i think he kind of said that there's like a lull in his work schedule around christmas so he was sort of looking to pick up um something cool in the meantime and this is something that worked out. But once again, it, it, it's great to see. I'm, I'm really, really happy with it. I'm actually mm. quite proud of it. Uh, it should be. It's, an, it's a class music video. You like know, it really is. I'd probably make up about 100 views of it already on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not even out I can't, yet. <laughs> I can't overstate how much, uh, understate how much I love this song. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's cool. I'm glad you like it. Uh, it's... I was with, actually, it was with um, Dan yesterday from... Gurriers and I was just saying to him, I was like man you should hear the song and he was just like he's like I was like I wish I could show you you can hear the song he's like I think I know it and yeah. he's like is the one about repeating a, a certain uh, line I was like yeah and he goes yeah, yeah I know it yeah it's good Damn, <laughs> Mr. Hoff yeah yeah is such a gent oh, he's a I, lovely man he's so nice so um yeah I I I'm a massive fan of of his I'm, oh, I'm a massive fan of Gurriers yeah I'm actually I'm a massive fan of Gurriers and then also I'm a massive fan of Dan Hoff yeah. like he's just I. I don't know, he's just a genius. Um, he's so nice as well. Like even uh, just to get him, I had him obviously had a guest on the podcast recently. It was just like, this guy's such a nice guy. And Gurriers are such a good band as well. They're so, like, they're so good. 
But um, when yeah. was the first? Have you seen them? You've seen them live. The first time I saw them was at All Together. Now I, I said on the episode, I have this weird thing that if someone tells me that I'll like a band instantly I go like don't fucking like I don't know what it is I'm just like I'm not gonna fucking like that like don't don't it was the same I swear to god with the scratch uh, I remember at Knock and Stock and a friend of mine was like we should go see the scratch bar you'll love them and I was like don't tell me what I'll like and uh, and they were just like it's like heavy metal but uh, there's right. it's but it's not electric and I was like what the fuck's the point then like I genuinely was yeah, like, and then literally as soon as we went in I was like this is amazing the sweatiest <laughs> but, gig I was yeah, ever yeah. at was upstairs Whelan's oh my god I didn't even know the scratch yeah, played the upstairs scratch. Whelan's this is- <laughs> I can't remember when this was. Myself and my mate Luke ended up just kind of there. And I recognised the song. I was like, the scratcher playing. And we just went in. The place was rammed. I'd say it was fucking Wall nuts, to wall. Yeah. And every single person was just bouncing. Like the, the, <laughs> the floor was shifting. And it was just so sweaty. And it was, I don't know, there's another remarkable, very intense experience. Yeah, no, the scratch. The first time I saw the scratch, it was like a... I think the first time I saw them play was Get It Right Up Yet. And I was just like, Jesus Christ, what is, what is this? Oh, yeah. But uh, no, with Gurriers, a friend of mine was like, you'll really like them. And I was just like, oh, okay, I'll guess. And I was like, I like the band name. That was the thing that in my head straight away, I was like, really I love, cool I love the name. name. Well, yeah. I love the name. So um, went in and just as soon as they started playing, I was like, this is fucking class. I think, yeah. I, I, I don't know, I can't remember precisely what was the first song I heard by them. But I remember top of the bill or something. No, I think it was approach. It was a big, heavy one of their heavies. It might be boy actually. But as soon as like I really like this. But as soon as I heard that guitar like in in top of the bill, I was like, this is fucking sick. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I heard that, I was like, this is sick. It's so good. It's it's they have a lot of dynamic. They really do. Yeah. And I I feel like I feel like that's a thing that I'm always very aware of because I feel like a lot of bands can kind of just occupy a single wavelength and just you know. yeah, I know exactly and what you mean. It's yeah. really nice whenever you, cause, but it's, I, I get it. Like, it's actually difficult to write slower songs that are, or like quieter songs that are kind of engaging whenever mm. you are sort of known as this noisy, fuzzy thing. But they, that like top of the bill is a really beautiful oh, gorgeous, breath of fresh air in the middle of what is also a really great, but interesting set. I caught them in Shinae. I caught them on their second gig ever supporting really good time. Oh, really? Oh, um, shit. That would have been, been a good gig. the first gig that I went to out of the pandemic. Oh, nice. When people were like not sure if it was fully over yet. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, <laughs> and uh, I remember going down. Oh, do you know who? Uh, I'm friends with the bassist Emmett White. I have not met Emmett yet, but I've heard that he's lovely. Lovely, yeah. lovely guy. Yeah. When you meet him, you'll, uh, he's he's a great guy. Um, So I was friends with Emmett for a couple of years. Um, And... I was like, oh, Emmett's gig. Yeah. That was it. I didn't know the band, <laughs> didn't know what it was. It was like, I'm going to Emmett's gig. Cool. <laughs> Let's go see you at And I was, I remember walking in being like, cool, this will be fun. Yeah. And was actually like mind blown. Yeah. Especially Sinead is such a good Sinead's venue as great. well. I love Sinead. I remember right. seeing, I saw God Alone recently in Sinead. Well, not recently, it was about six months ago. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Do you, have you ever, have you ever listened to them, God Alone? No. Band from yet. Cork, they're, um, like they're called a metal band, but they kind of like I don't know that they're almost like they have parts where it'd be like heavy as fuck, and then suddenly you find yourself like listening to like an almost like an LCD sound Beautiful. system song. I'm gonna take that down and God alone are really good. Yeah. Really, I'm really, gonna really good. take. Do they have? Are they? Do they have like an EP or an? They album? have an album out. So Sweet. the first, I'm gonna, I'll listen to that on my way home to Waterford. After yeah, this. no, uh, the album is etc. Etc. It's cool. but it's class. Like it's I I I I've not stopped singing their praises. I remember um, the first the one of the first because I was listening to them for eight. I saw them on I think it was like Metal Injection. I have a subscription to Metal Hammer, and they might they might have an article on them. 
And uh, I was listening, I was like, oh shit, like, and they called them, they said they were black metal, but they're not really a black metal band. Yeah. I think what they have black metal influences. Anyway, doesn't matter. I was listening to them, really, really liked it. But I had no idea what they looked like because I don't really use social media that much. So I hadn't a fucking clue what they looked like. And then I saw one day that they tweeted or put it up on Facebook, we're taking a break to do our leaving cert. And I was like, what? and I thought, I thought, like, I thought they were, because they already had an album out at this point, or maybe like a really good EP. And I thought they were taking the piss. And then I saw a photo, I was like, wait a minute, these lads are like fucking seven years younger than I, what the hell's going on? They're playing more technical music than most bands there's, that have been going for about 30 years. There's always are. that moment that everyone goes through when you like meet somebody that's half your age and is just about 10 times better than yeah. you know, the thing that you're doing. Um, it's very disheartening. It's, <laughs> you dickhead. Yeah, like, no, no, no. But it, it's, it's. I think it's, it, yeah, at first it's disheartening because I think, it, like, when you first see it, you kind of come from maybe a place of arrogance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, I remember, um, I remember, so there was a fella that I, I went to college with called Emmett Carey, who he plays in a band called Strabe. It's like a, it's like a very beautiful almost like psychedelic sort of pop music that they do and he's just this remarkable producer like he does like I wouldn't say he's far off like the likes of I want I don't want to do him a disservice here because he's remarkably talented but the type of music wouldn't be like necessarily where we would yeah, kind of aligned. reside in yeah. but he's like they're signed and everything his first song and he was like producing it just casually while we were in college together um, it has just hit 10 million streams on Spotify mm. and stuff. Um, I met him when he was 19 and I was 25 with, I had just let, I had like a year or two previous left spies and stuff. And I felt like I knew a lot. And then I met this kid <laughs> who was just popping out these like tunes that were getting 10 million streams on yeah, Spotify like, with no effort on? whatsoever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think the, the highest, I think the highest, no, it's not about streams. It's actually not about that. Like, no, I, I, know, I know, I know, I know for just, I know what you're trying to say. Well, yeah, I remember being like, I think like if I even combined all of the songs that I had put out and like added that number up, it wouldn't even hit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? And it was, it was yeah. crazy to see. And they're like on a big label now over in the UK and living out of London. And it was stuff. a Strays, was it? Strabe. Strabe. Like S-T-R-A-B-E. Mm. They have like, yeah, it's like lovely. Uh, it's just like lovely kind of pop music, but that doesn't really do it justice because uh, but it's there's like psychedelic elements to it, and it's no, I have to give it. He like uses guitars in such a way and and stuff like it. it's it's really really cool. Um, but, uh, but before we get on, because I you you've listened to us before, we have I have the second section which is where I ask you dumb questions about what. But my last <laughs> question is like just because you were saying that the band started off as a blues, it was start off as how did you come up with that the the guitar sound because it does have that lovely almost punky kind of vibe to it. Like what kind of lent itself into yeah. going that direction. So I think everybody has, I believe, and this may or may not actually be true based in reality, but I'm basing this up belief off how I feel. So it's very... (laughs) Here we go. I believe (laughs) that everybody has a natural affinity to a certain genre. Mm. And I also believe that that genre can very much be dictated by what you're listening to when you're 13 years of age. Mm. There's something, in my opinion, there's something about the 12, 13, 14, 15 age group that that music will actually never leave you. you know I completely I mean? agree with I you. Know, yeah. yeah, like I completely is that... agree with you. Like the, the the music that I listened to when I was 15 or 13, like in my, I might not listen to the, the exact same bands, but it's definitely completely shaped what I listen to now. You could still go back to those al- those albums yeah, yeah. and still enjoy it, regardless of whether they've aged well yeah, yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? Some of them have not. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so I started my okay so when I wasn't trying to like kind of be like boys are better than girls and listening to boy zone because that boy in the name of it <laughs> the moment when I started actually liking music what was that <laughs> my sister had a Spice Girls <laughs> my sister and myself used to kill each other in the back of the car on the way to school and Catherine had a Spice Girls tape right because I hated the Spice Girls Why? for no reason oh, no, no, they're for, so good just though because, just because they were girls <laughs> like that because and I was like a boy and you know uh, so I had boy zone <laughs> yeah the most manliest of bands yeah <laughs> well I realise that now I realise the error of my ways now it was either that or Bon Jovi it wasn't a great uh, you know but so we used to fight in the car and my my mum would swap the tapes yeah. <laughs> halfway through the trip to keep us quiet <laughs> Uh, anyway, so the first, the first band that I ever was like, oh, cool. This yeah. is like a move into like rock music was like Green Day, Sum 41 and Blink-182. The amount of people that I've had on this podcast <laughs> I where I talk about uh, like, what was it that got you into music who say Green Day is unbelievable. It's, like they're a, phen- yeah. they're a phenomenal band. I love Green Day, but it's, it's, it's just, it just shows how much they've resonated with people that they're still one of those bands. Because they've been going for what? They've been going since the 80s, I think. I was 13 when American Idiot came out. Yeah, so I would have like... been, I think, yeah, I would have been about, nine I think when it came yeah. out yeah and it's like right at that perfect age yeah. to just take over my brain really? but to hear it, like. but you don't hear stuff like that on the radio anymore either so like th- no. to hear like uh, there's all blood in the mind fuck America on the radio you're like wait what yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I uh, yeah so listening to those albums then at that age mm. I was really into pop punk so like I went into like Billy Talent and stuff but I didn't really have an Billy older Billy Talent were fucking fanatic they were great band. until they weren't that's the thing yeah. that's the thing about these bands is like I have this like window of like hey this was all really really good I went to see Billy Talent the ambassador oh really they were supported by a band from Shank Hill called 9IX Lives as well and it was just like this pop punk glory days. Nine of IX when Lives. Why do I know that name? It's I what think Connor that? Lumsden was in it, and he's like he's like uh, I don't actually know a lot about what he's up to now, but he was like a big musician back oh, then, okay. and I used to see him around a lot, and a lot of the music heads in Dublin seemed to know him. Billy Talent. Every time they played Dublin, they would always have an Irish support every single time. They would Good they would them. never bring. So they. I remember when I saw them, they had Time as a Thief uh, as a support band, which are band from Cork, and I remember actually I messaged them the next day I was like that's the first time I've ever seen a support band where I forgot that who I was going to see as the main band because yeah. they were so good he went on and Adam Carroll I think was the name of the singer he went on to do a band called Zokes who were very very good as well but they broke up but um, yeah but Billy Town were Billy Town were cool they, they, they would always have an Irish band I think they were very supportive of Wounds as well do you remember that band? yeah I, yeah. Uh, yeah. they were very supportive of them as well I think they so like yeah like they were they were great so that like yeah. age that age that like kind of age bracket kind of really wired my brain in this sort of pop punky sort of way the first band I ever played in was a Blink-182 covers band nice <laughs> called Circumcised Unicorn <laughs> uh, yeah it was like I was 13 we couldn't play our instruments I, I'd been playing guitar a couple of years but I actually Circumcised couldn't play Uni- where yeah. did that name come from oh, I don't know but the lead singer the lead singer <laughs> <laughs> the lead singer came up with it I think he at the time I don't know if any of this is true like in hindsight okay. but he tells me it came to him in a dream or something <laughs> uh, ridiculous like but so I was playing that music and I was really enjoying being in those bands and so my point is I don't think that like 
that kind of thing can really ever leave you. Yeah. It, so I was, even when I started Joint Spies, arguably like an indie rock thing, I was like learning so much from the guys because all I listened to before that was pop punk mm. and nothing else. I didn't have anyone really guiding me. Like I said, I had a guitar teacher that taught me Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix and my dad who I knew Johnny Cash and stuff from, but that that was kind of old man music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's obviously not that stuff's really important yeah it's like, but, <laughs> but it's it's funny like you like I always find it with people like your dad could have the coolest music taste in the world but when you're listening to it at that age you're just going to assume that it's just shy not shy no, but you're just yeah. like it's just like that's my dad's favourite music well you know <laughs> Johnny Cash is now one of my favourite artists Johnny Cash is bright right? yeah. and I've I've been privileged enough to have the like uh, you know the opportunity to like go back as an adult and listen to all of that stuff uh, because dad used to play Ring of Fire mm. covers on his uh, guitar in the living room. like. But so I was like all doing all that downstrokey sort of stuff. And then when I joined Spies in like 2009, uh, they had me on bass. I was doing pop punk in their, <laughs> in their rock yeah. <laughs> or their like indie sort of thing. I think at, we started off, they were into like, they're really, really into Foles. Okay. And, uh... Have Foles been going that long? Have Foles been going 10 years? Well, Foles, so just shortly before Spies formed, so this is 2009, though, for, Foles had released, Skins had made Foles really big. You know, I don't know if you remember yeah, yeah. the TV show Skins. I do remember Skins, don't worry. Real lame, yeah. like... <laughs> do you know, I watched it, I remember watching it thinking that it was, like, uh, like really, really cool, and then my sister watched it recently, and uh, she goes, it really glorifies uh, mental illness. And I was and like, what are you talking drug about? Usage drug usage. And, and so I was, <laughs> yeah. like, I was like, I'll go watch it back. And I was just like, holy shit, this was, I, we all thought this was show was great. It's it's a very problematic yeah, show. Yeah, it's really awful. It really, it really glorifies eating disorders and mental health, uh, mental illness uh, yeah. quite a bit. <laughs> and if you weren't smoking weed yeah, before smoking skins, weed. you were right? after. That's, that's the only thing. I was, like, I was like, where are these teenagers yeah. getting fucking so much? Like they don't, nobody has this normal role in it. They're all smoking joints all the time, know, just yeah, casually. It's like, funny. what the hell's going on? It's funny. It is. It was a funny show. Like, but they, I think, so I never actually saw the episode. I just remember there was a lot of hype around the episode. But Foles, they had that song Hummer uh, featured in in one of the episodes. And it just Took went off. viral. Not unlike the Arctic Monkeys went viral when like on when like MySpace was a thing. Mm. Uh, but so we had been listening to that. And I remember Jeff, the drummer, was really, really into it. This is super early spies now. This is not like, you know. This is not like the more recent one. Mm. Uh, but I was basically just playing pop punk in that and <laughs> was learning from them loads and was like my music radar was definitely getting bigger and stuff. And um, I did that the whole time. And even when they were pushing deeper and deeper into the indie thing, so their tastes evolved into. So I am going to say this carefully because they might dis- they might disagree. <laughs> and if they disagree, that's all right. But from my experience, from what I remember, <laughs> the guys got really into like the national yeah. and grizzly bear and you know that real pure blood indie stuff mm. and kind of as that was happening i still my list my uh my listening wasn't good like i wasn't good at like studying bands i wasn't good at going out and discovering new music so i kind of had to have it forced on me at that time mm. so i was still just kind of looking to just play fast yeah, dance yeah. <laughs> and there was like a lot of that uh sorry to tie this back into like sort of what you were asking um you can actually hear in the song that I'm still just doing those kind of downstroke stuff. Mm. You know, uh, the band, I wanted to do it as like a blues rock thing because I wanted to sort of expand out. 
from what people, I guess, sort of knew mm. of me. But then after trying to play the blues for a handful of months, I realized it's so difficult. Yeah, I, I would imagine it's not because it's it's one of those genres that it seems almost simple when you listen. You're like, no, it's fucking hard. I went to a Jews, uh, Jews. I went to a blues <laughs> and uh, Jesus went to a blues and jazz festival in Luxembourg. And it was the first time I ever saw like pure blues guitarists. Like they were from the States yeah. playing. I was like, Jesus Christ, what they're playing is insane. <laughs> it's, it is. It is immense. Like, uh. A couple of years before. So I don't know if you remember, I was talking about how I was getting really, really into like low yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of fidelity kind of music. Uh, well, Gary Clark Jr. is a really, really big blues guitar- rock guitarist at the moment. Okay. And he um, he has this song and he has like a live version of the song and it's really disgusting, rotten sounding because they're just playing <laughs> it. It's awesome. Like, it's so, so cool. That was actually the main inspiration behind that i was like wow this is like this fast paced blues rock like low fidelity thing um so (laughs) a couple of yeah like a month or like maybe six weeks into jamming with jamie and ian i think there was a point where i was just like i could feel naturally after i was trying on a few ideas that the like kind of punk elements Mm. of what I used to be were just coming to the fore (laughs) when i start when i started getting into a flow of writing like it's difficult to like actively be like reside in a genre that doesn't kind of naturally come to you. Mm. So I was like writing these blues songs and like kind of almost forcing these blues songs out. <laughs> but then the stuff that ended up being good was not blues, <laughs> you know. And I was like, yeah, I can't do it. There was a point where I like kind of turned to Jamie and was like, this is sort of just punk now. Maybe I should just forget yeah. about the blues thing. And Jamie turned to me and was like, yeah, well, you're not playing the blues. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, okay, fair enough. I was like, fair enough. Oh, that's, yeah. I was like, fair enough. That was when I let go of that one. So and kind of just, yeah, I kind of just accepted that like, then it was like, right, I just have this natural sort of affinity around this kind mm. of sound and really began to embrace it and then started writing more and more songs just in that sort of style. And I, I don't have to actively think about it. Yeah, you're like, you're not purposely trying to make that particular sound it just come. Yeah, like if you've listened to rock music all your life or guitar based music all your life, you know, and then you decide to write hip hop. It's yeah. going to be real alien. Yeah. And that, that takes so much more energy to force yourself to. It's like, I can't speak Spanish. Yeah. So why am I trying to speak exclusively in Spanish? <laughs> it, that, that's a very like, good way of putting you know, it. <laughs> like, do you know, I remember, do you know Nilo, the, the hip hop? Uh, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. seeing him. I think he opened for New Sense or something. I remember seeing him in the Workman's and I was just like, why does that guy why do I recognize that guy so and I, I was like this is so weird and then Niall was like he used to be in a metal band I was like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what band he was in but it was it was just like he's just gone from like screaming really oh what the hell was the, the name escapes me of the band was it Red Enemy I think he was the lead singer for doesn't matter but now he's doing hip hop cool. and I was like that must Fair be such play. a weird jump there are people that are able to do that yeah and he's able to do it very well like he's a very good very good, good lyricist musicians. good rapper Good yeah. session musicians as well are blow my mind. Yeah, totally. Like I was chatting to, I don't know if, so there's a fella called Justin Young who plays with like a handful of, he plays with Paddy Hanna. He plays oh, with wow, okay. Tao and the Drones of Praise. He plays with Neil Dexter. He plays with like loads of things. And he just slots into all of those different how genres. Do you, how do you do like, that? <laughs> Tao and the Drones of Praise is like a kind of a druidic folk trad 
experience. Right. <laughs> right? Like where, you know, and he's there playing. And Neil Dexter is like this kind of um, like beautiful, lovely. Jeez, uh, oh, I'm going to get all of these genre names wrong, but like kind of poppy sort of lovely kind of hot chip produced oh, right, kind okay. of vibes. And he's there. And like how I couldn't reside on any of those projects because I just don't have that range, yeah. you know. Uh, and so it does blow. It blows my mind when I meet somebody that's able to just. But sure, I, you know. I find it like it's one of those things where if you ever see like an artist that you really like doing a side project that sounds completely different it's like oh so you can just do that now as well that's great <laughs> it's like how do you do that I know like one of the biggest mind fucks that ever had was do you know do you ever hear of a band called the Ginger Escape Plan yeah With Greg Bushido yeah, yeah. so Greg Bushido I think that's how I pronounce his second name but um, he started this project called the Black Queen uh, a couple of years ago and I was like oh cool he's doing a solo project and I listened to it I was like what the fuck this sounds like Nine Inch Nails. How is he? And he's like, beautiful, beautiful singing on it. Like, no screaming. Beautiful singing. Really gorgeous synthesizers and pianos. It's like, it's just, I, I find it, oh. how are you able to do I know, that? Yeah, I know. It's, it's the same with like, do you know Chino Marino from Deftones? So I, I obviously know Deftones Dev, You know Deftones, well, yeah. But like, no, I... He, he has two side projects. Team Sleep, Sleep is one, and then... Um, crosses is the other and then just like it just he's able to just lend his voice to these styles that you're just like that's how Remarkable. do you do? yeah like <laughs> yeah you also have these geniuses you know that you're just able to kind of do it mm. but yeah i've never been able i guess I, it's it took me a while like i to sort of become i think when i was like 25 i was pretty arrogant about i've been like through spies and stuff i kind of had been like sort of almost handed things very easily mm. like we were always given festival slots now i think maybe connor was working behind the scenes connor from spies was probably working behind the scenes to make all of that happen mm. but from my <laughs> point of view these were just things that oh, were coming another spot. <laughs> I was like, cool. so i thought this was really easy <laughs> right and i think when i was 25 i was like super arrogant believed i could turn my hand to any music and realized that i absolutely can't there was a a friend of mine was working for a like a graffiti promotions oh. thing where they would get grants from the arts council and do these big subset. I'm not sure what they, they were called. Yeah. This is a couple of years ago now. Oh, as well, okay. So I can't, I can't remember, but I was asked, they were going to do like an ad and they wanted a hip hop backing track. And my mate came to me and asked me if I would do it. And I, I was like, yeah, I was like, no problem. I can do that. Right. Like I was saying, this is why I use hip hop earlier on as the example, because I had like a serious ego death moment <laughs> where I could not do it. And had to go back to these guys and like apologize and basically say, oh. look, I'm really sorry. No, it's fine. I, you know, you, if you, you throw in the towel, you have yeah. to just own it yeah. then. But it was like a real moment of like, get home, like be more humble because you're not actually as good as you think you are. Mm. And I, so like, <laughs> I remember getting in touch with my friend. I was like, listen, man, I'm real sorry. I have tried <laughs> this. I've literally sunk about 20 hours into this and I cannot make hip-hop <laughs> it's like I cannot make hip-hop music I couldn't get the beats right I what, couldn't like, was, it meant, like, was it meant to be like a 30 second thing meant, or? I, I think yeah I might have been given like a guy that was like make it one minute long <laughs> and just make you know like you know like uh, imagine a graffiti ad you got your skateboarder yeah graffiti is happening there's like that lovely kind of break you know that like old school I know exactly what you mean like I actually yeah. can really appreciate the sounds that like those like Della Soul type of yeah, stuff or, yeah like lovely really cool stuff um, and then I just couldn't do it. 
and I had a newfound respect for the to be uh, to be fair though at least you had the the foresight to go you know I can't do this because I know plenty of people who would just go fuck it I'm just going to keep going with it and just <laughs> oh no I was like no if you can't do it like I've had it like I work as a graphic designer there's sometimes where I get a brief where I try and make it work for ages and eventually you have to go just look it's this is not going to work you have to you have to know when to say yeah it's not going to definitely. work definitely I think I just had a real um inflated sense of self though I was kind of like <laughs> I couldn't do it and so I just threw it in I threw in the towel and was just like I'm really sorry I've actually sunk so much time into this and I can't get it to work mm. and there's no and you know when you're that honest yeah, when a lot of the honest, time they're just kind of like yeah, listen yeah. thanks for that yeah. thanks for that I'm like thank you for the opportunity um, and my the big it was not like a loss in a way like it was a big win for me because if I can now like say as like an older man that like yeah like I have a better world view because I don't think I'm the fucking best thing in the yeah, world yeah then that's that's been really really good and i like definitely try to try my best to kind of apply that like in everything you know hmm. um well i can't remember what how we got on no that. neither can sorry, i but that's sorry, the, that's the beauty of doing the podcast there's so many like we just go off on tangents but um not tangents but uh <laughs> long rabbit hole yeah but uh so this is the part of the question the part of the sorry part of the podcast where i start asking you random questions that i would ask you if it was in a bar that's the way i've always put the section <laughs> so the first one would be uh what was the first and last album you bought okay which you which you mentioned to yeah, me before we started recording <laughs> <laughs> so i went to like a church second hand fair or whatever and the first thing was i bought eiffel 65's blue davidi <laughs> On cassette tape, so it's a true classic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but then the other, the the side B of it was like uh, uh, Blue Dabadi remix. <laughs> so it was basically just that on repeat. <laughs> that, that reminds me of like, um, oh, the, you know the 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 group that sing the Macarena. You know that yeah. if you buy their greatest hits album, set there's twelve songs on it, and seven of them are the Macarena, just a different versions. <laughs> Jesus, it's yeah, they're not good. Like I, <laughs> they're not good. My second, my second one was like now forty seven, and I think it was because it had Who Let the Dogs Out. On it. Really stupid shit. Like, really stupid shit. Who Let like. the Dogs Out is one of those songs that you listen to it now. You're like, this is. Woof, why was this say. big like why was this even big like it's not even it's not good it's not even that cat maybe it's a little catchy it's not catchy in a good way no, but do you remember you the, the other one that I remember because I had those now albums as well there was one of the songs on it was called the thong song and I was like, <laughs> like I, I'm not going to sing it but yeah. I remember seeing it on TV oh. when I was like nine and like it came up into my head recently I was just like that was a song that we allowed on the radio yeah <laughs> stupid shit like <laughs> Yeah, but yes, the, what is it? It's so funny. And then the BBC won't let, like, Rage Against the Machine swear. They you know also I mean? banned, um, was it Frankie Goes to Hollywood? Relax. <laughs> they banned that song as well. Did they? For, uh, for, um, sexual overtones. They basically just banned it because it was a gay. Sexual overtones. Something like, they said that it was, uh, they said it was particularly the music video they had a problem with, Dear. but they banned it, but it was, it, they banned it because it was, it was, that was something it was a gay I always, song. That was something I always struggled with as a kid was like, uh, I don't think you realise until you're a little older, but it's like, you're not allowed to swear. Yeah. But basically every song, every pop song on the radio that I listened to growing up was just constantly telling me to have sex with things. There was, there was, I remember reading a statistic that it was like 90, it was something crazy. It was like 90, 91% of the songs that are played by the BBC. Now I'm just trying to remember this off the top of my head are about sex. Yeah. But you're, you're not allowed to uh, criticize, you're, 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 not allowed to criticize government you're not allowed to swear you're not allowed to be angry but you can talk about having sex as much as you want yeah. like it is a normal obviously it's a, it's a natural normal thing that humans do but it 
it's so bizarre. It's so I think swearing is a normal thing that we do, but we're not allowed to do that. It's oh, yeah, it's really strange. Like it's so I don't know. It's so crazy. That sort of uh, too too. What's the word I'm looking for? Like too faceless. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's 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 bizarre. But even like like relax now. Like the music video is like it's it. I actually think it's a great music video, but. To ban to ban it, I was just like, so we're allowed to talk about sex all we want, but when a gay like when a man talks about trying to have sex with another guy, it's like, no, you can't do that. There's there's levels of sex that you're allowed to talk about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the taboo meter yeah. is just <laughs> gone off. I think there was something to do with like I remember reading some bullshit thing that like the AIDS uh, epidemic at the time was was through the roof, so they were just like that was another reason behind oh, it. Right. So it's just, just like you're just banning it because you're just homophobic. Just like, yeah, it's just, it's just, just, <laughs> I don't know. There's just a lot of stuff. But, uh, but yeah, so <laughs> it's so funny how we got into that from yeah. Eiffel sixty five. <laughs> 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 I love I, do, do you remember the music video for I'm Blue kind it's like of. one of the really bad like Euro 90s pop. yeah 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 <laughs> I know I kind of remember it like I, the terrible CGI computer generated yeah, uh, the, yeah. the, the bald fella yeah yeah yeah, yeah. remarkably <laughs> clean shaven all over I, I remember just being if I, maybe I'm remembering that incorrectly but I seem to think he was like perfectly shaven yeah it's, it was like, it's a very strange like very veated <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, oh, Europop. So that was the first album you bought. What was the last album you bought? So the last most recent album or like EP or like single or... Uh, we'll do whatever you want. So this morning, <laughs> okay, yeah. So the last one, I have a healthy intake of records at the moment because I finally have, after moving to Waterford, I have a bit of extra space. So I have space to actually have, have a record player. my records now. Um, so I bought last October, I bought Meltz's Maelstrom, uh, and I got the guys to sign it as well. Oh, nice. Cool. Well, I was playing the gig with them. So they were right, <laughs> yeah, well, there. There. <laughs> right there. So I got that. Um, and I loved that. Then I also have, there's a band from Waterford called, uh, Sympathy Chips or Sympos or something. Uh, um, they're like, uh, they're like a real classic kind of punk band but um they were selling their most recent ep so i have that that's really cool and actually i'm going to see them they're playing in waterford has a really cool record shop called luca records and mm. uh they're playing that on paddy's day so oh nice that should be fun that's gonna be yeah, really cool be really and fun. it's gonna i think it's gonna be ra- it's like no bigger than this room oh really <laughs> it's is gonna it? be awesome like it's gonna be really cool yeah um, i remember seeing wounds play in uh tower records when tower records was just off grafton street yeah and i was like this is cl-. Like, there's something really cool about I seeing a band old, in a record st- i miss the old tower record yeah i miss that one as well i really liked it and i wasn't buying albums at the time well i was buying cds but i wasn't buying like um vinyl at the time because I didn't have a vinyl a record player but I would love I remember there being a section and I'd never go in here because it was a big and I was like I'd love to just go back and do that because yeah. like the one in Dame is it Dawson Dawson Street is great but it's like, a big beautiful store yeah. but the stage is like up the stairs down the yeah. back take a left yeah. past the toilets <laughs> and the you know the, the dog kennels and there's the stage yeah. like it's whereas in the old one because I, I actually, I, I was lucky enough to play the old stage. Oh, uh, did you? Well, with Spies, we yeah. did. I think we did it a couple of times. Um, But it was cool. You could like, on the street, if a band was playing, it would yeah. come out to the street. And that was kind of like a really cool thing for people just kind of popping in yeah. and stuff. Whereas I, I don't feel like you kind of get that culture now with the with the new one. I've, I haven't seen too many gigs in the new one. I remember seeing Thumper play it, uh, oh, but wow. they were playing at Jesus. the, they were playing at the front. And what I distinctly remember, I think it was Alan, I think is the guitarist, the redheaded guy. I think he 
the Lewis drove by and he went on the Lewis, ran through it and then came back in and into the gate and did <laughs> the gig. That sounds like a thing. And it was a, like, cause obviously wireless, but I, I remember just seeing that. I was like, that's fucking crazy. So they crazy. all have wireless packs. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. But because yeah, he went through, he went through, he went, got on, went through the Lewis and then came back on. <laughs> so did you see, I don't know if you were listening to the choice prizes. No, I actually haven't listened to it yet. Well, there's either. like pictures of them. They've, they like basically, I think they invaded the audience. Because <laughs> there's like, like pictures of them on the tables <laughs> and everything like, so yeah, no, they're, they're, <laughs> they're really, yeah, they're really like, like, they get really involved. <laughs> they are one of the wildest bands I've seen live. I'd they're, say so. There's, there's so many of there's, them. There's six of them. Uh, there's two drummers in it. Yeah. yeah like, but uh, I remember seeing them at, uh, it was at a, uh, electric picnic and the they got like a like a inflatable boat like a like a dinghy type of, not, not a dinghy like a just inflatable boat put it into the crowd and Oshin jumped on it and then was playing like that I was just like these guys are fucking mad yeah 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 good live band though <laughs> I, I still have yet to see them I was hoping to see them at all together now um, but I very good at all just together now as missed well. them for some reason I don't remember where they were I caught loads of other things though so I don't they, think I what where were they playing were they doing main? no they weren't main stage they're very good at they were they're, playing they're, something and then they rushed off to Independence or Limerick or something. There was two. They played two music festivals in the same day. Jesus, that's a Waterford, and I can't remember if they went to Cork then or if it was like Limerick or something. Well, or was it Strad Valley? They just released uh, their co- their cover of um, Oh Feel the Rain on You. Oh, unwritten. Unwritten. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah, that's fun. That's fun. Fair play. It's great live. Fair it's really good live. You'll see just the hands go straight up oh, when they God. start playing. <laughs> Fair play to them. Like they, you know, they, they had like I have a sense of humor like that. I think they've probably been doing that before, wasn't it? And then, they were doing it for for as long as I can remember. It was always like a staple of their show to play that song, and then they just really recent recently released it, and it's yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, they're great. So uh, if you could collab with anybody, who would it be? Oh dear. <laughs> um. <laughs> Oh, I would love, I've always had this weird idea. I would love to take a band that's already established. And so I'm a fan of Vulpines. I don't know if you've heard of Vulpines. Yeah, yeah. So Full points are brilliant. They're, 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 really they're the, the, it's the two women, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Drummer and guitar. Yeah, they're fantastic. I always had this idea in my head that um, like I don't know them Bitches I've actually, are like waves isn't it Yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think they're really cool Yeah they're, they're great I uh, saw them at Other Voices Like just before COVID And uh, they just blew me away I was like these guys are fucking sick You know I've never met them I don't even know them Do you know what I mean I've, I I would love to support them I uh, I won't lie I've like shamelessly sent them a message being like, <laughs> If you ever need a support um, They're actually They're playing with uh, They're playing with Meryl Streak Soon I think it's Oh really one. Yeah I don't know if you But um I would love to just like do some Black Ooze songs featuring them with them on like guitar and bass and oh no guitar and drums and I would just play bass and sing and like I just think it would be like a really interesting mm. thing because their um their like drumming and guitaring style is really like quite poundy and stuff yeah, yeah, and I'd yeah, just yeah. be really interested to see what it would like sound like that's a, that's that something cool, that I had in my head was because this is kind even though this like I have very much got like go-tos. This is actually like a collaborative sort of project. It's like um, Ian and Jamie, obviously Jamie's in mail. Mm. So she's quite busy a lot of the time as well. Um, so I like as well, very yeah. much part of the plan is that I might end up writing some songs with different people at different times anyway. So I was kind of, I was sort of thinking about that before and I was like, oh, I think it'd be really cool to like 
what would Vulpine sound like with a bassist as well? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like, I know exactly. But then mean, yeah. not in a Vulpine's way. Like I would, I guess loosely, I would love to uh, like write a couple of songs and just play bass and have them just do their thing on top of those. If that, I just think that would be really interesting. No, that'd be class. I, I love that you mentioned them as well because I was like, I do, I do love that band. They're great. Do you know, okay. I when I, I met them once and I don't know what it was that came over me. I get this really weird thing where I get very nervous out of nowhere for, no, for whatever bizarre reason and they were in front of me and they just played they were just, they were right in front of me and I just went like oh ah like that and, then, yeah. and your, your one just kind of was like okay just kind of just walk, walked off yeah, yeah. no they're they're really really cool uh, I, I they've got a real air of not giving a fuck yeah they re- yeah yeah they have a very kind of that they they I the music they make is the attitude that is in their music seems like they have that attitude themselves like they're it's, just yeah it's real cool yeah they're very very cool um, and I think the guitarist is actually in Meryl Streak or like collaborating with Meryl Streak or oh, I don't know that I, I don't know a lot about it but she seems to be like present in the live shows in some capacity I I don't actually oh, okay. know I don't know or maybe she's doing backing vocals or something I'm not actually sure but I think there's uh, some connection there as Ooh. well. Um, what songs do you have at the moment in your top five on repeat on Spotify? <laughs> oh, right. Uh, oh God. Is that like a thing where I should like look up my Spotify? You can look it up if you want, but mainly, <laughs> like I normally, five. but I actually came up with this because I, I walked home last night from town and I was like, trying to think of questions to ask you and it was just like, yeah. one of them was like, what songs do you have on repeat? It was like, what's actually more interesting is yeah, what do they have the on there? The, what do they have the top five on repeat on Spotify? How do I find my top five? You just go, you just write on repeat. Uh, in the search bar in like, the search bar oh and you God, should get a playlist this is gonna be uh, I'll share mine if you want as well too <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be really bad I know for a fact it's definitely gonna be Beastie Boys is in mine at the moment although I yeah it's Beastie Boys Sabotage is my number one <laughs> Beastie Boys good yeah, well, I that's, love look that's Beastie fine Boys. Like, hold on let me just see here I don't seem to have like an on repeat oh do you not yeah. Well, you can just think if if, the, if there's any song that comes into your head, what? Well, have? recently I can tell you I've been listening to. So, uh, we're supporting Autremont. There's mm. a band called Autremont. We're supporting them. They're a great band. They're, they're from. They are from Dublin, aren't they? Remarkable. Yeah. I, well, I think they're from. Yeah, there's like five of them. So yeah. I'm not actually sure where they are, are all from, but like the band seems to be based out of Dublin. Anyway, yeah, no, they're but, a very good band. Um. So they released a single recently called "Don't Have a Brain," which is really really cool. Mm. Um. And we're actually opening for them in a week. So I or not in a week, in like on the twenty third. Twenty third, isn't it? Oh, it's the day that the yeah, singles release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going <laughs> to drop the singles. It has yet to even be announced. That's the funny thing about. It. For anyone listening to this, it's uh, it'll be out this it'll week. It'll be out. <laughs> it'll be out soon. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's, that's all coming out on the twenty third. But I've been listening to their single loads as well. Like I really like to, you know, I don't. After chatting to like some music managers, music managers will often be like, "Oh, you know." you kind of don't have to promote that. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to space out the like, trying not to fatigue their audience, I guess. It makes sense, right? Like, don't play too many gigs in one place. That's one, like my, I remember a friend of mine was like, we've got to play as much gigs as possible. And his booking agent was like, you're actually playing too much gigs. You need to stop. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's, I think it's like, how I would like, ideally like to do it is I would like to play every single major Irish location. Mm once every 18 months and then like on top of that play just really cool supports and stuff but 
the fact is like I was kind of told like when you talk to some managers they sort of say oh you know you shouldn't do you shouldn't you know we can just like not really promote that mm. and like kind of like they almost disregard it but like I would never ever play a gig I would never be able to honestly if I'm asked to support a band I'm gonna get behind and heave mm. I want that show to like be I want people to like because I believe in what they're doing I want to support the bands that's what you're there for you're the support band like you know, if you're supporting bands, but then also just kind of like not making posts about it or something. Yeah, you're that's yeah, you're lame. A bit, you're a bit that's of a dick. Real yeah. crap. <laughs> like that's real crap. But so many bands, so many bands do it, and and I can understand why they do it. But you know, don't accept the gig if you're, if not, you're yeah. not gonna, if you're not like in the position to push it and promote. So like, um. I can't remember how I got onto this. But anyway, I'm really excited about that gig. Like, uh, the single's going to come out on the same day and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're announced. I'm going to make my first, like, build-up post <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> and, yeah, and then that'll... It'll be, like, pointing everyone to the gig and stuff like that. So it should be kind of exciting because I'm going to drop that music video and that single and then we're going to play a show that night. So yeah, that'd I'm kind of hoping to, That'd be like, a good day. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of I'm hoping that it'll be fun. And it's, like, the debut single and everything as well, so... Um, I'll be at it. I'll see you there. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, top five songs. So, Don't Have Brain, Autremond, great single. They're really, it's their single launch, by the way. It's not my single launch. <laughs> uh, it is now. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, they're releasing that. That's on the 23rd of March. That's awesome. Um, I was listening to On the Way Up the Road from Waterford. I was listening to, for some reason, Beck came on. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I'm not really a massive fan. Fan, like I just don't know anything about Beck. I think I know. Is it Loser? I think is the only Loser, song. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, I think about everything. everything yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, cool, that's a cool song. But yeah. like, it was the the Modern Guilt album came on, and uh, it, and I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really cool. It's a really great driving album. So I was like driving up the motorway, and it's just like straight road. <laughs> it's a really great driving album. Is that the one where he has the hat on the front of it? No, the it's cover? the one where um, it's like the picture of their legs. I don't know if Beck is uh, is Beck a, a person? Yeah. <laughs> is Beck is Beck a band? What like, is Beck? Yeah, what what is Beck? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know who. I don't know how many people are in the band or whatever. But it's the picture. It's the album with the picture of like two people's legs down. It's black and white. It's called Modern Guilt. Anyway, I don't, okay, I don't, really cool album. Uh, I don't know anything about them, but it was really really good. But one of the songs on it really stood out to me because um, I was like just driving. It's got a real great driving groove. <laughs> uh, what was it called? It's called Profanity Players. Okay. So that's one that I'm definitely going to like listen to on the way home as well. Uh, uh, another song that I'm listening to all the time is the Sympathy Chips EP that I put on. It's okay to love oi. It's okay to love oi. Yeah. Is that the name of the band? Oh, so Sympathy Chips the name is the, of the song. Ba- the, the, so the name, name of the song. So it's Sympathy Chips is the band. They're the punk band from Waterford I was telling you about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. But they go by Sympos, as in like S-Y-M-P-O-S. Okay. On Instagram or whatever. Um, But they have a song called It's Okay to Love Oi, and it is a banger. <laughs> like, it's just a no-nonsense awesome song. Um, you have me on the spot now. What else? We don't have to name five, because five is a lot. Because we got three. Yeah, 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 they're, yeah, the, three. yeah they're the... <laughs> They're kind of the ones that come straight to mind anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, who do you think at the moment, who would you consider like one of the best, most underrated artists at the moment? I think that. So actually I was listening to one of your old episodes of this and what's the name of that band that Gavin from Bicuria said? 
speaking notes or something. Oh fuck! So what's, what's the name of them? I, I can't remember them now off myself. The back of that, off the back of that, I checked out that band and was blown away by. Oh, them. I can't remember the name of the band that he said. And the annoying thing is, I ha- I know I have it because whenever I have a guest on, I always make a list yeah. afterwards of of what they said. Let me just hold on. We got to get this right. Now. <laughs> hold on, one second. Uh, oh, that's gonna annoy me now. Yeah, it's... it was only a month ago as well that he was on. <laughs> anyway i checked them out after whoever they were <laughs> whoever you are <laughs> uh i'll just i'll just cut into the episode when this is recorded and just be like it's that bad it's that bad <laughs> yeah 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 no they're really really yeah really really good um they're really really good i think vulpines are probably underrated to be honest yeah that's fair i think they are i and yeah, I don't know. I just think they're they should be much bigger than they are. Um, but they're yeah, they are a class band. Yeah, they're very good live as well as the other thing. Yeah, like, like, two, like for two people to be able to command that much kind of uh, fun at a show, I think takes a lot of effort. So and they do it very seamlessly. Like you just yeah. they just come on, they just like exactly said like we don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, completely. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Like, is there any more? It's funny because I I always want I also kind of want to be careful with that question because I'm like coming at it from like uh i'm also a new band so it's yeah. like who you know am i just gonna go around like telling you you're underrated <laughs> yeah. you're underrated well what i mean it's, it's, I, it's, i remember i asked the question before and there was a band that i interviewed that didn't actually like the question because they were like we don't like calling people underrated well, i was like i'm just like who's a band that you think should be should like be that, bigger. Should, that not that or, should be bigger or that just that the people need to look out for is kind of yeah. is kind of the more way that i yeah. should phrase it but underrated just seems like the more the straightforward way just yeah saying. i would have said um like definitely vulpines there's another Another one, there's another band that I caught who have yet to actually release their first single as well. Um, but they were like unbelievable. They're from Wexford called Peer Pleasure. Peer Pleasure. Yeah. It's a good name for a band, actually. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so they have yet to release their single, first single. I was chatting to, I caught them in Waterford. They were playing a gig in Waterford and they are unbelievable. They're like fat white family meets. Oh, okay. Meets like late 60s garage rock. Oh, okay. So it's, that's a good mix. I mean, guys are real, yeah, no, but it's real. Like it's really, really good. Um, so I'm like really excited about them. Uh, do I think they're underrated? I don't know. They they have yet to release a single. So, <laughs> but but like but people like look out sure. for them. They're yeah. they're also opening. They're opening for Volpines and Meryl Streak at that gig. So that that gig's gonna be that's gonna be, a, that's that's gonna be gig. that's gonna be unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. I'm actually very very jealous that I didn't get in on that somehow. <laughs> but, but yeah. Um, so the final question that I have for you, believe it or not, we're at the end already, but, um, is I ask every guest this is what do you enjoy most about what you do? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't know. Uh, hmm. I have always, (laughs) yeah, I have always, always just enjoyed. There's a feeling of like, (sighs) it's going to sound very pompous now. (laughs) (laughs) When an idea works, so like a lot of the ideas that I write are just like me acoustically fucking about on a Mm. guitar. And there's no way for me to know if that's actually going to be good (laughs) until I get in the room with the drums and the bass and the, and my like pedal board and stuff and bash it out. And there's a feeling of like, it's obviously just like a dopamine high or something. When (laughs) things like land and you're like, this sounds awesome. That like feeling of like big kind mm. of like ascension moments is like real cool. That's my favorite bit of it. But it's it's also playing with people. I only ever get that when I'm in a room with a drummer and a bass player. 
and like often most of the time I'm on the guitar I'm not even a great guitar <laughs> <laughs> like but it's when you're in a band format and you're in a room and everyone's just bashing it out and for some reason something just clicks and it just sounds really really good that like I just get like a really big a uh, eureka moment yeah yeah like absolutely uh that's my favorite bit of it and that's probably ultimately the reason I keep coming back to do it because I actually hate writing songs I would but, imagine it's quite daunting to write a song, especially when you're putting yourself into it as well. It's kind yeah, of like, oh, and then the whole thing of like, will people like it? Does it? Do you yeah, you know, it? I kind of always want to skip to the bit where it's just like yeah. working. <laughs> you know, but if only it worked that way. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, no, no. So like, you kind of just you know, you kind of have to grind out these ideas. No, I do find sometimes in the early stages, if something's really, really working, it'll write itself really quickly, and then you just add the bass and stuff, but. That's my favorite bit of it. It's probably the bit, the reason why I kind of keep coming back to it and stuff. Mm. Uh, and, you know, playing cool gigs with cool bands is a lot of fun. Because yeah. I'm, I'm like, first and foremost, if you give me the option to uh, play, like, it, am I a fan of the Foo Fighters? Or am I a fan of Melts? Mm. I'm always, always going to be more into the band that is like, on the local scene mm. and like that's not like a I'm too cool for the Foo Fighters kind of thing it's just because it's more interesting because mm. Dave Grohl's great and he and Foo Fighters are great right and I, I actually don't like their uh, last couple of albums no neither do I no they're but they're already they're great, already yeah. great. <laughs> right and, and Dave Grohl's obviously historic he's like in Nirvana and everything yeah. but you know you go to see a band like Melts or or Vulpines or whatever and these are like people that these are your peers in a way. Mm. And that's like more exciting to me. And you can see what they're doing. You know, when they put out a record, they've bled to put that out. Yeah. And that's like, there's so much more in that. Like, give me the band a million times is like over like the Foo Fighters. Give me the band that meets up once a year and pounds out an album in a day on a budget of two euro (laughs) while they're all eating McDonald's and wonton soups. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's more exciting to me. And the story behind that is so much better than like, Dave Grohl in his fancy studio yeah, with his fancy band. He was able to set up a studio in his own house. Infinite budget. Yeah. <laughs> and there. Now, I'm sorry. I don't want to sound like I'm shitting on Dave Grohl. I'm actually just... No, he's just... It, it is an example just of a good it's just, yeah, example, it's an example of yeah. that kind of thing. And it's the same with like... Uh, or like... There's a really cringy video. I think it's like the MTV Music Awards. Well, here we go. <laughs> right. Or something. Or it's like the Oscars. Yeah, it's the Oscars. No, it's not MTV. It's like the Oscars or the Grammys or something right. where they, where they got Dave Grohl, uh, Josh Hom, Trent Reznor. Okay. Oh, I've seen it. You've seen it. Yeah. And Lindsay Buckingham yeah. from Fleetwood Mac. I've seen it, yeah. And they got them all on stage to play and it's like Queens of the Stone Age and the Foo Fighters or whatever. But it was very disappointing as well. <laughs> but it's also just crap yeah. because it's like you know your man like opens with like here at the Oscars we never stop rocking like it's <laughs> like it's really really vile and then they're all and then even all of those people even though they're all remarkably talented individuals and they got to where that pure stardom because you know like Nine Inch Nails early Nine Inch Nails is dark as balls and yeah. it's like or um, Foo Fighters or Queens of Stone Age or Fleetwood Mac all of those things are amazing and then yeah. when you see them now and they're all wearing the leather jackets and they're playing at the Oscars and the Oscars don't even give a shit about enough uh, enough about them to even let them finish their song by the way oh really no they cut they cut it 
but oh, but they're just parodies of themselves. Yeah, that's the thing. Like like when I see somebody go on with that kind of stardom and they're just churning out music because they're just selling records now. It's like it can be a bit like they're parodies of what they once were. Yeah. Like Dave, the current Dave Grohl is very much a parody of. The one that the the punk, you know what I mean, Nirvana, and like yeah. Josh Homme, like even Queens of the Stone Age, their more recent albums are nothing in the same quality of like Rated R or Songs for the Deaf mm. or uh, Lullabies to Paralyze and mm. Trent Reznor's output still very good. Trent Reznor's output is very good. Yeah, he, like, he probably is a little bit of an yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, because yeah, like, I, was, I was like, I was like, I understand, like, because like I'm a huge, huge, huge Nine Inch Nails fan. I've been for years. There's oh, a yeah. fucking Nine Inch Nails poster behind you there. Oh, I didn't even see that. That's Russell Mills. So he's the designer for um, a Downward Spiral. So I went to a lecture that he did. But uh, no, very, very big Nine Inch Nails fan. But I, what I will say about, I do, I do agree with you on Josh Home and um, and uh, Dave Grohl. They have become kind of yeah, but yeah. Um, Tremors I think is very much still to his thing. But he, he, is, he is yeah, like he did this the social. I mean, this is probably he did the social network. The social yeah. network soundtrack a, without was a unbelievable. Yeah, he did Gone Girl as well, I think. So um, and I th- oh, what he did another one. But social network soundtrack is fucking amazing. His, his output is very good. Just I, lose the fucking leather jacket. Yeah, <laughs> like I the, do. I don't like. I will say, I don't like the leather jacket. Like, it's a real <laughs> executive decision. Do you know what I mean? It's like I am a rock star, therefore yeah. I wear. Ray Bans and a leather jacket <laughs> on stage. Do you know how much harder it is to play your instrument in a, in a, in a, le- in yeah, a biker yeah. leather jacket? <laughs> like it is ridiculous. I've it's never, a- I've never owned a leather jacket, but I have worn one <laughs> once, and I would, I would imagine that it's, it's because they're very. There's nothing wrong with leather jacket. No, there's no way. I know, I know, but I was saying in terms of, in terms of playing a leather jacket, playing with something on, I would imagine it's a bit it's, counterintuitive. It, just, it, it rips me out of my immersion anyway. So I think, uh, yeah, like to close this off, like yeah. I give me the band, like you know, male on a budget of 20 euro, they're pounding out their album. They like, they wrote their album in like a week, no pre-production whatsoever. They went in and just blasted out. And that is, you know, you've seen how like successful that like attachment styles is doing really, really well. Um, Like give me those local bands. Mm. They're better. The story is better. The people are loving it. It's, it's awesome. You know, one aspect of that, that I absolutely will, I will never, the feeling of it is always amazing is that when you see a band, like when they're just starting off to then doing a big venue it's like and when they're when you're when they're your mates as well like my friend Kean recently just sold out the academy and to see him like i remember seeing him in fucking um over near the sugarloaf playing in some bar that like yeah. and he was like nervous and everything and just like very kind of like a not 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 to say that he wasn't confident, but just very nervous playing first ever show. And then you see him at the academy and he's just fucking everybody's losing their shit. So that it's like that feeling is so good, like that of just seeing a small band become bigger and better and just everybody loving it. It's it there's no there's no feeling like it. I really yeah. don't think there's any feeling like there's it. There's a great picture. The you know Mike the Pies. Yeah. There that the the is this like a venue? It's, it's a venue. It's a venue. Yeah. List Howell and Kerry. Um, they have a really interesting like Instagram page. They recently put up a picture of Fontaine's DC playing with the murder capital. Yeah, yeah I did saw you it. see I that? I saw it. Did yeah, yeah. That? And I they're fo- like, I follow them on uh, on follow them on Instagram. So, Green yeah. looks not only visibly younger in that, but also kind of nervous. <laughs> That's the I, well. Now I don't look. I I don't want to put. I don't want to put things in because you know, if he wasn't nervous, like fair play to yeah. him. But they look so visibly younger, and now when you see them. There's, they're just yeah they are the Fontaines DC like but yeah oh, I don't know just, it, it is mad see, like um 
I've seen the murder capital a few times, but uh, no, seeing Fontaine's, as I said on the last episode, actually, like I remember seeing them in Whelan's, the first time I saw them in Whelan's playing at once to watch yeah. and just being like, and my friend was like, these guys are going to be fucking huge. And I was like, what, Kean actually? And I was just like, he's like, they're going to be massive. I was like, all right, okay. I was like, they're good. And like, I, I don't, and then just out of, no, you, out of nowhere. You should ask him, how does he know? <laughs> What's the, yeah, actually, that's a good know? point. What how was, did he know? He, yeah, just, he was, was like, he thing? goes, these guys are fucking class. They're going to be massive. He goes, I'm telling you, going to be massive. And then in like two or three months after that gig, they were just, they're everybody just was just talking about dog them. Everybody dog was talking. dropped then, was it? I don't think even dog reel dropped at that point. I think they just, they just were just one of those, they were just one of those, they were the, they they were the real, in band at the time. They have a real cool early EP something sessions that one dark that, dark bang so, bang on the front of it is, is it that bang, one bang. i don't know if bang bang is the the dublin character from the the liberties he was oh, famous, it he was famous it has liberty bell an early version of liberty bell on it so maybe it was there's, that. there's definitely something that they have dark with the bang bang is on the front of it darkland sessions is what it is okay. and it's like a lot of those songs on dog reel but like earlier rougher versions of them which I, I just love that. I yeah, the dirty kind of grunginess of it. Do you know, it was funny, you uh, you said a word when you were describing an album there um, was disgusting, the way to describe something that's good. And I was like, I love the fact that like, there's 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 like, that that type of music is, it's okay. Like if you were like, it's pop music, but it's disgusting. It's disgusting. But, uh, but if, when it comes to that kind of stuff, if it's disgusting, that means that it's class. <laughs> I remember like even talking with my friend, um, Zach, we were chatting about, I was like, there's this metal album out, Cloud Rat. It's like, it's so disgusting. It's just awful. To, like, it's just shred. They're, just, on, and, my and it's, they're on my list. Cloud Rat. Yeah. Cloud Rat are one of my favorite bands at the moment. I think they're absolutely incredible. Cool. Threshold are, are th- Threshold that album from start to finish is, do you like, it's a grindcore album. Do you, are you? I, I, no, that wouldn't, that would be, that would be pretty new to me, but like, I'm still have them on my list and I'm just going to, oh, listen Cloud Rat are through. fucking, oh, it's just, they're so good. They actually share when I, when I, cause you, did you hear? about them from my episode was it that yeah, I, yeah i think so they shared I, the artwork on their on their on their social media accounts cool. and everything i was like oh thank you cool, they, they, really they were cool. really nice they were just like it's so cool thank you so much and i was like yeah, yeah. these guys are fucking like they're like they're my, my idols at the moment in metal because like socially conscious metal female singer great just shredding shredding vocals amazing guitar work yeah no, they're a very good, good band great but um, I don't actually have any more questions for you, unfortunately. So uh, this is the part where you have to, you can plug whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Uh, I guess just that the single is dropping on March 23rd. Uh, I like to feel all right. There's a music video there. Check it out. Um, I'm pretty active on the Instagram, so follow that. <laughs> and uh, there's a show where we're supporting Ultramond on the same day that the single's dropping. Come to that. It's in Drury Buildings. I'll be there. I can't wait for it. Oh, I have sweet. to say, yeah, thank yeah. you. No, I'll be oh, I'm looking forward to seeing yeah. you again. <laughs> <laughs> you too. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Andy, for coming awesome. on. Thank, thank you for having me. And that's a close. <laughs> So that's the end of our episode for this week. Just wanted a quick thank you again to Andy for being our guest. It was absolutely a pleasure having him. Make sure to check out Alethal Black Goose and their debut single, I Like to Feel Alright, out on the 23rd of March, along with the music video. And if you want to see them live, as Andy has just said, you can see them supporting Ottramon on the 23rd of March as well. Um, if you like that episode and want to hear more, please give the podcast a follow. It greatly helps us out. I will very, very, very much appreciate it. But I guess uh, thank you again for listening. Hope you have a lovely, lovely St. Patrick's Day weekend. I'll be spending it at the Pillow Queens and Pals Festival, which I cannot wait for to get to watch some amazing bands play. Um, But yeah, thank you for listening to the episode and goodbye. Goodbye.